Open your hearts. Uh, loosen your butts. It's time for couples therapy. Yeah. Yeah. This podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situations, shits and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text sex regrets, so feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. It's Welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Andy. And I am Naomi. We are a real life couple, a real life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy in Quarantine, Quarantine. we talk to good friends, great comics about love, romance, and everything in between. Ooh, I like it. You guys, today's episode is a fun one. We have dear friends and power couple Megan Gans and Humphrey Carr. Megan is a writer for shows like Community, Modern Family, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. She's the co-creator of Mythic Quest. Hello. And Humphrey is an actor and writer who you know from shows like Mythic Quest. Mm -hmm. And you can see him in the upcoming NBC sitcom American Auto. And hey, you know what? I'm going to spill the tea, as they say. And I'm going to tell you something. There was an episode we did, uh, I don't know, a year or two ago, where uh, we talked about going to a friend's house. To uh, to they made an escape room in their house. Well, you know what? We didn't name them then. We're naming them now. That was Megan Humphrey's house. True geniuses. True, True geniuses. Code kids. Code breakers. They created a multimedia, multi-sensory experience in their yes. home, and they're about to give you a multimedia, multi-sensory experience right now. Yes, geniuses, comedians. Third thing. Third thing. <laughs> uh, copyright. Andy Kindler. Uh, Naomi. Uh, before we get into that though, last week. Yeah. On Tawny Newsom's episode, yeah. uh, we had an advice question. Now, as we said then, you are famously sex negative. I am famously sex neutral. And we got a sex question. And I Tawny know. is also sex neutral. Yes. Yeah, so, but, but we got a sex question about a, a couple in quarantine, and um, one of the partners has a higher sex drive than the other partner. And we were just like, I don't know, uh, jerk off in the other room. <laughs> We were very good about it. And so but, uh, someone wrote in. I don't know if they want their name on there. A wonderful listener came in with some hot tips that we thought we would share with both the person who called in and anyone else who might have the issue. Okay. This person says, I have been married for around 10 years at this point and have always had a much higher sex drive than my husband, which is great for him because he pretty much gets it whenever he wants, but has presented some problems for me. The solutions I found after much trial and error are as follows. Don't let yourself get frustrated. Find ways and means to take care of your needs and desires and communicate that this is what you're doing with your partner. Also, let your partner know regularly that you find them attractive and desirable. That confidence boost can work wonders and may help to lift more than his mood. Don't do it in ways that would come off as a sex pest, but in a no <laughs> string statement. I love sex pest. Sex pest is so funny. An affectionate peck on an adorable body part and state what you love about it. Be patient with your lover as they explore their emotions and endeavor to create a safe space for them to communicate with you without judgment or you trying to fix it. Just listen and empathize. Not only will they feel more accepted and welcome, but it will help you both to create habits which will see you through almost all of life's trials together. I hope this has helped and gives you some comfort in these crazy times. Great. That's... Thank you so much, Queen, for coming through with hot tips to make love last. Yes. Again, we uh, we are two unlicensed comedians. So unlicensed comedians, <laughs> notoriously sex negative. <laughs> for you. Well, okay. Very neutral. I'm the Switzerland of sex. <laughs> Incredibly neutral. 
not in any way <laughs> enticing. So okay. and, and I'm I like clockwork. <laughs> you guys. So, uh, if you, by the way, if you want to call in and ask your own advice questions or send us uh, perhaps sex answers <laughs> to advice questions, uh, you can DM us on Twitter or Instagram, and you can also call in. We love this is our preferred method. You can call in and leave a voicemail at three two three five two four seven eight three nine. Three things quickly, housekeeping before we get to the episode. Number one, our Twitch show. Every Wednesday, 2 p.m. PST. It's a magical hour. Me and Andy, sometimes we've got comedian friends. We are hanging out. We are having fun. Our group is now officially called the CTQC, the Couples Therapy Quarantine Crew. Come join the fun at twitch.tv slash couples therapy pod. Also, if you would like to support the show, there are two main ways you can do it. Number one, we have a Patreon. All right. And for $5 a month, you get bonus episodes. You get... uh, you can access, see the pilot access to a, like a bunch the, the, of fun stuff, a bunch of fun stuff. The pilot for inside Caucasia you can watch. And if you go to patreoncom slash couples therapy pod, you can sign up there. And also we have t-shirts, two kinds, one, the gotta miss a bitch t-shirt, Naomi. That's one of your favorites. I love it. Gotta miss a bitch. It's blue. It's gorgeous. It's soft. And we have the couples therapy logo in a brilliant, vibrant red. Mm, beautiful. If you go to couples therapy you can get t-shirts there. And if you want to support the show without spending a dime, you know what you can always do? You can subscribe to the show, okay? You can rate and review. Come through with five stars, baby. Show us your love. Get us up to the top on them algorithms. So now that I've told you everything you need to know to live a rich, full life, <laughs> why don't we listen to Megan Humphrey? Roll it. Megan and Humphrey, how are you today? You know what? I you mean, don't even have to answer that. We're all in hell. <laughs> right, all right. I'm fine. <laughs> Let's fine. just adjusted for quarantine. Yes, exactly, exactly. Let's dive into the tough questions. Ooh, toughies. Where do you stand on fascism? Oh God, <laughs> not a big not. fan. <laughs> yeah. Interested in it. I've always been fascinated by it. That's what I like. Kind of did all my stuff at university. Yeah, on. Humphrey actually wrote like a thesis on Nazi architecture when he was at university. I did. So yeah. he was really always wanting me to to bring me to Berlin to like show me around all of <laughs> the city that could have been. Um, <laughs> yes. Now, when you put it like that, it sounds like that was tinged right. with a degree like you of wanted it. on my part. Yeah, exactly. It sounds <laughs> like you you long for yeah. the Nazi time. If we went and oh. found this paper, would, would it be praising the architecture? <laughs> no. I mean, I suppose it was it was only insofar as it was very effective at what it was setting out to do, which was to kind of, um, you know, uh, construct a state-sponsored form of architecture that, that pushed Nazi ideology through the use of space and oh. uh, structure. Ooh. Wow, 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 wow. I feel like I'm reading it. I feel like I'm reading it right now, and that's huge. Um, what is their architecture? You want to go more into this? No, I don't. Looking at no, me. I don't. I want to get into it. <laughs> is it brutalist? Is Nazi architecture brutalist architecture? No, they're very anti-brutalism. No, it's, oh. like, it's like neo-faux classicism. This so. is called couples therapy, not Nazi architecture <laughs> therapy. And the fact that you would even go down this rabbit hole with Humphrey. This I'm is so why sorry. I got to see Megan by myself, because y'all <laughs> end up in a damn rabbit hole about Nazi architecture. I mean, on our first date, truly, Humphrey talked about tanks for like an impressive amount of time. <laughs> yeah. And I was any, I, any I, amount of time is an impressive amount of time. <laughs> yeah. about tanks so I day, knew but. exactly what I was getting into from the yeah, very yeah. from jump. Well, so, I wanted to know what Megan's top five tanks were. And, and <laughs> she, she couldn't give them to me. And so that was a bit of a warning sign. But we, right. We right. Panzer. 
Uh, <laughs> Which one? Which panzer? You can't. Wow! 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 Different types of tank. The fact that I could summon one, I felt is uh, slightly. Well, panzer impressive. is the German word for tank, so technically, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, but that's fine. That's fine. You get. I'll give you half a point. Oh my god! Wait, wait. Can, I think t- can our you take- couples got mismatched here, Naomi. I think that you I and know. I were destined to run off together and leave these two in some sort of Grace and Frankie situation, so they yes. can talk about tanks all day. Oh my god! I can't wait till they're old and talking about tanks. Uh, wait, this first date, uh, Meg, were you uh, impressed? Were you happy to talk about tanks? Was it? What was the vibe? I really, really was because I had been dating in LA for like six or seven years at that point. And most guys that I went on dates with just talked about themselves for so long and like never asked me anything about myself. But like we got into it on our first date. Like we told each other how we wanted to be buried. He talked about like tanks for a while. He described like an entire soccer match to me that he once (laughs) went to. And I was like, this is delightful because like truly, usually I would get people giving me like their whole like, listen, this is why I'm the star of my show and here's all my thing and whatever. And then just like not asking me any questions or I would kind of jump in and be like, oh, I'm a writer. And they'd be like, yeah, I write too. And then back to them. So it was like so nice just to be in a conversation where we actually got somewhere and talked about like religion and our families. And like, we just had the best first date ever. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Do you agree, Humphrey? Absolutely. Was it the best? It was. Well, it, it was. It I was... got a little drunk. I feel. <laughs> oh. uh, no, I mean. Come back to the microphone, seen, Humphrey. Having having subsequently seen what uh, what happens when you get drunk, I'll say that you uh, <laughs> you, you held it together pretty well there. <laughs> All right. Um, no. Uh, yes. I mean, I was I was very um, I was very taken with Megan. It wasn't really the plan. My plan on this date had not been to be quite as uh, into her as I was. <laughs> the plan um, was not to be into her. Well, I, I I was at that stage kind of coming back and forth from the UK. I was like here and there, like six months here, six months in the UK at the time. And I had just got out of a relatively uh, long-term relationship or two sort of two quite long-term relationships in a row, if that makes sense. Um, and I was like, now's the time for me to be... Yeah, this was uh, 2013 and it was before we'd realised that, uh, you know, you, you can't be a monster uh, anymore. Uh, and, and it was like, it was it was what was deemed to be, it was still pretty socially unacceptable then, but I was like, come on, I'm, I'm you know, I'm young and... Uh, and um, yeah. He wanted uh, to take that British accent on the road. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So his own, so his own. Yeah, I, I wanted to go and impress the babes of America with my in-depth tanks and architecture knowledge. <laughs> right, and Get ready. Um, Get ready, know, I'd, babes. I'd watched I'd watch Baywatch. I knew, I knew what California was like. It was just chock full of babes. And, um, and so Megan was to be, you know, I was like, yes, this will be, you know, it's, of course. I was, I, I, you know, I was very excited to, to meet her, but I hadn't expected to then wind up marrying her. <laughs> that was an unexpected um, yeah. bonus. Yeah, unexpected bonus. I mentioned that. How many other women did you go on dates with where you discussed, like, the Luftwaffe? Uh, I mean, I will say that that's pretty much par for the course on all my social <laughs> okay. interactions. Okay. Um, it wasn't, Men, I didn't women, feel... children, that's what Megan, he talks about. I should say, Megan gave me no indication she was interested in this stuff. It wasn't like, <laughs> oh, goodness, here's someone, finally... I just found I that I think I, I said, what did you study in school? And you said military history. And then like a half an hour later, we were done talking about that. <laughs> That's so English to me. Like military history specifically as a major 
in college? Well, it was I. It was history, but I I chose to, like, milit- to, okay. to focus in on on the military history stuff. Yeah. Humphrey was going to go into the military uh, at some point, True story. and then he yeah. changed and became an actor. They paid for my university. Okay. Wait, which yeah. where'd you go? Oxford, Cambridge. I went to the University of Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Oh, the festival. Yeah. Oh. Wait, Home so the festival, exactly. <laughs> wait, the military paid for you to go, and then how did you? Would say, uh, I, you know what? I paid them back. <laughs> oh, okay. It was a combination of factors. I uh, basically, when I got to university and I had to go and sign up for the the kind of OTC, the like officer training corps thing, mm-hmm. they were. I kept showing up for my medical, uh, and they kept being like, "Oh, oh, I'm sorry, the uh, the MO is not here today. He's playing golf." And I was like, uh, "Oh!" And that started to like, and that happened for the third time. I started to be like. Is the army as like great and efficient as I've always been led to believe it? Like, will I be in a situation where I'm like, I need an airstrike right now, like on my position, otherwise I'm gonna die? And they'll be like, oh, the, the airstrike guy's playing golf today. Like, sorry. So that started to put me off. And then I went to visit my regiment, and I got in, in a tank uh, or an armored. Oh my god, you carrier. got in a tank! I got Was an it a big deal? And I could not shut the hatch because I'm six foot seven, <laughs> listeners. Uh, and I, I, when I sat down, like the upper third of my torso and head like stuck out the top of the hatch and I was like oh this could be a real problem because oh that is like an Iannucci joke (laughs) yeah it it was it felt very absurd and yeah and then I started doing acting but wait then the guy that was like taking you the general or whatever yeah the colonel colonel said well that's okay because you only really have to shut it when you're like going into action and Humphrey was like yeah but that's when I want to be able to shut it like, yeah. <laughs> the rest of the time I'm very happy to have like a sunroof like, oh. oh so my that God. that didn't end up so yeah I started to turn, get turned off it and then I started doing comedy stuff and I was like oh I, I this is no one shoots at you if you do this and also you don't have to shoot anyone yourself so yes it's a win-win right. situation. that's a win-win until you came to America until <laughs> so I came to America, the, the home of the gun. Yeah. Right. yeah. So now, so how did you, because Andy and I were thinking about this earlier, we're like, how did they actually meet meet? You know, like, because you're here writing, Humphrey's giving you like a bi- continent country moment. <laughs> Across the pond moment. Across Wait, the pond moment. Meg, where are you in your career in 2013? So I was working in Modern Family then. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like the second show after Community that I'd worked on. So I was like making some money finally because yeah, I, I had paid off some of my debts, which were <laughs> massive. And so um, I uh, had uh, didn't have roommates for the first time of living out here and was like kind of doing okay. And But like dating wise was not doing very well because it seemed like I don't know. I was just having this experience where the more successful I got, the less interested men seemed to be in me. I just like kept going out on dates and like, I don't know, it just like wasn't really clicking. Like I wasn't having a good time dating. Like Mm -hmm. I, when I was in New York, I had like a great time dating, even though I wasn't like in a lot of long-term relationships. I just like had a lot of fun doing it. And out here I just wasn't for whatever reason. Because it's the summer. Yeah. You're not supposed to date. What was that? Because it's the suburbs and you're not supposed to date here. Like you can't yeah. like New York. I feel like you go on a date and even if the date sucks, you were at a fun bar, you know, or you like saw something or you can like just people watch and be like, well, we can't talk, but let's go. Let's roast the people walking by. 
Absolutely. It can be like spontaneous. You can leave a restaurant and go to a bar. Like if you are having a fun time, whereas here it's like, okay, now we're going to both get in our car separately and like both drive to this like other thing. Like it just forces so many weird conversations. I remember in LA once I was like kind of seeing this guy and I went down. uh, (laughs) 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 And uh, I drove downtown to like hang out with him. And it was like, 7 p.m. and when I pulled into like the closest parking lot they were like "Are you, do you want to pay for overnight or not and I was like I gotta make that decision now like right. we haven't even had you know what I mean and I was yeah. just like in New York I could just leave whenever I wanted to but right. anyway so how we met was <clears throat> so I was working at Modern Family and a really good friend of mine Amelie Gillette who I met when I was in New York working at The Onion she came out here and she was also writing for TV and she had met this guy that she'd started dating this guy named Mark who and we like he was also a, an actor and a comedian and we were all kind of friends and I went at the beginning of them dating I had kind of given Mark a little advice about like you know my mm-hmm. friend or whatever and like because he was into her and they were figuring it out and so he felt like he kind of owed me I guess so he was always <laughs> like scouting guys for me which was really Ooh. nice because actually being like uh, set up with guys by a, a man like being a woman and having a guy friend of yours set you up it's like so much less pressure than because I feel like women tend to be like oh my god right, I'm the right. perfect person for like follow-ups and like very into it husband right yes and like i've already done your star charts and like you're totally (laughs) whereas mark was basically like sent me a text one day was like hey uh i met this guy i think you might like him like are you into it and i was like uh yeah i'm (laughs) sitting alone in my one bedroom apartment watching jean-claude van damme movies all day long like i'm ready for love let's do this thing (laughs) so he basically just like set us up like uh old old school style he and uh they met because um they were both cast in the same pilot together and so um that's how they met and then he basically one night just invited me out to like a cast dinner that they were having and just sort of (laughs) sat me across from humphrey as like it was very like on the nose right it was very like (laughs) yeah you like uh sure you like him (laughs) sure all right okay you sit down that end and talk to each other (laughs) yeah so that was our first date was with the rest of the cast of the uh, short-lived and much-lamented Holding Patterns on uh, NBC. For NBC. Uh, NBC. Not on patterns? NBC. Not on NBC. Oh, never on NBC. <laughs> for NBC. For Paid NBC. for by NBC. Yeah. yeah. Paid for. Paid for what was NBC. Holding Patterns? What was the what was the what's the it log line? The premise, yeah, the 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 the, the premise of, of holding patterns was it was about three uh, three friends, uh, a guy and two girls. I'm in. Uh, I'm in. And, uh, women. Two women. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yes, it's just getting told off by my wife. Quite rightly. But well, we were definitely we were definitely guys and gals. Gals, not girls. It was uh-huh. it was okay. uh, these were young. Hepcats, uh, <laughs> as I believe uh, the kids say still these days, no, right? No. Um, yeah, it was, about a, uh, it was about a guy and two gals, and the guy was engaged to one of the gals and best friends with the other gal uh, okay. from college days, and on the way to the guy and the, and the one gal's <laughs> wedding. I hope this is not how they pitched it in the room. <laughs> I hope they named the characters. Oh my God, okay. I can't remember what then the characters' this names guy, were. And then, hold on, I'm going to use I can't Cups remember what all the characters' names are. Okay. Griffin was my character's name, and I don't remember. So I'll use the names of the actors. Humphrey and Kate were getting married, and Humphrey and Erin were flying up to the place in Minnesota where Humphrey and Kate were about to get married. Erin was going to be the the best man-stroke woman. And 
on the way there, their plane hits a bird and they think they're going to crash and die. And on the way down, uh, Aaron and Humphrey confess to each other that they're in, they love each other and they kiss and oh the goodness. plane emergency lands very safely. <laughs> and suddenly they're like, uh-oh, the big oh. secret's out. Now that's an and exciting incident. Yeah. You, you, the listener, has heard of everybody in that cast apart from me. <laughs> they all went on to glittering careers, so it can only be me that torpedoed And that you got a sure. wife out of it. And I got a you sweet got a wife out of it. Kate, I assume Kate is Katie Seagal from My Little Children. <laughs> you can she go on assuming well. that. We'll she is doing Catherine well. Catherine Hepburn. Maybe you've heard of her. <laughs> yeah. You guys are really good friends if you call her Kate. Um, <laughs> so... Ah! Um, sorry, I was about to try to do a Kate Hepburn. Nope. <laughs> so what I was going to ask you guys, um, do, can you think of like any story or anecdote that best like exemplifies your relationship? Meaning like exemplifies kind of the dynamic. This is our love in a nutshell. What's the soul of yeah. your f- love? Mm. I mean... I can tell I can tell you one that makes us look good or one that makes us look bad. Which one would you? <laughs> both. They're both, like both true. I'm fascinated by this. I've both. got one also, both. so I'll both. see what Megan does, and then maybe I'll drop another horrible story about her. Ah, yes, yes, yes. I love it. Pitting lovers against each other. Don't have any bad ones. The essence the, of therapy. Diabolical. The bad one is <laughs> that Humphrey and I were... They're, they're both actually stories from the same trip, which is like five months into dating. I took Humphrey on like a 28... 28 day trip around Italy oh because oh I finally had like a, a full time job. I had had a full time job for a while and I had also been a single woman for a while and I had been wanting to travel so badly. Um, mm. uh, but I didn't want to travel alone because I like to come back from my trips. So, of course, um, of course we've all seen the shows, the murder shows. <laughs> so, uh, now that I had like a boyfriend, I was like really excited to go on this trip, and he was cool with it. Obviously, getting taken to Italy, I was so also really excited. I was cool with it. I was like, oh, yeah. Look, babe, I'll go to this dumb. What is it? it, it Italy? Am I saying that right? Yeah, okay, I'll go with Whatever. you to your dumb country. Uh, yeah, it was shaped amazing. like a boot. Uh, yeah, screaming yeah, shaped like cares? a boot. And uh, and the. F- so we stayed at this one place, the place that I like splashed out on um, at that time, like what I considered splash, splashing out on that I thought was going to be the nicest hotel of the entire trip was awful. Like we oh. showed up like it was just a, it was like a comedy of errors when we yeah. showed up where we, we got there. Everything was like so crap in the room. It looked like it looked like, um, you know, uh, studio lots where they all there. Everything is like facade, but there's like nothing behind it. Yeah. It just sort of felt like very fake. Uncomfortable. And, it was kind of like, sorry to step on your oh, story yeah. for a second, but it was it was like an episode of a sort of racist 70s British sitcom. About okay. like ha- about Italians in terms of like <laughs> just you know every British stereotype about how Italian people are was just writ so large across the entire trip. <laughs> so a faulty towers episode. It was like yeah. a faulty towers episode where one, like one that they goes pulled to... from the service. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right. but uh, but. We were also starving because we had been driving for a while by, by the time we got there. Yeah. And, like, it is so difficult to find bad food in Italy. But mm-hmm. somehow this place <laughs> pulled it off because oh the room service that we got was, like, like okay, so I have a gluten intolerance, which is not their fault. But I all through Italy, I had, like, great gluten-free food because, mm-hmm. actually, the government subsidizes restaurants. Like, they pay them to keep gluten-free items on oh hand. Oh, my God. So, 
It's mm. actually great. So mm-hmm. everywhere I went, it was totally fine. This place, the only thing they said they had to serve me was a hamburger that they sent with just a plain like burger patty on a plate and then styrofoam <laughs> crackers still in their wrappers like sitting next to the plate what? No, no lettuce no tomato no nothing else just like wrapped crackers and like oh. a, a tasteless beef patty and that's what they sent us and then from, from by the way the gordon ramsay restaurant the <laughs> no so, they, so they, on the website it was like uh, guys gordon ramsay has like done this gordon <laughs> is ramsay that the screamy guy name yeah, he's the Hell's Kitchen man, right? Yeah, the uh, one that yells uh, at everybody. But it's also like a many Michelin-starred chef in, yeah. in Europe. But he also, at a certain point, was like, listen, gang, if you give me 500 pounds, you can put my name on this like, <laughs> trash can in the corner. <laughs> yeah. uh, and we and, had found one of the trash we, cans. Yeah, we ate at that trash can. And it was it was just terrible. And then like the TV, the didn't, TV work. didn't work. And they sent in this guy to like fix the TV. And he was just like comically banging so loud <laughs> as is, he was like fixing it. This is where like, the like 40 Tassie came in because he arrived and he had like this moustache quite like mine. And he was sweating profusely. And had quite long... Actually, I'm basically cosplaying today. <laughs> he had this, like, long mane of hair, and he just was like, uh, Scusi, please, I, uh, I will fix the television. And then he went over into the corner, and he would just be like, Madre faccia, tu so pareo! And, like, he, like, yanked the whole TV out, and then, like, sham cables into the back of it, and then be like, Pestuta, fastutaro! And then, like, opened the window and, like, screamed out the window at someone... <laughs> <laughs> and we had a massage the next morning and uh and they were playing Bruce Springsteen songs like what? in the spot, which I was like, I love Springsteen, you know but Springsteen. not like who plays that during a massage? It was chaos. Anyway, <laughs> the point of this whole story is that the the what the morning we, we were there for two nights, the morning that we uh, left, we both went to the front desk and like to check out and they were like, How was your stay? And we both were like, It was great, thank you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's us. Okay. That, that's us. Yeah. yeah. Now, obviously, we sound like real bijou scum in this. Like, <laughs> our wasn't good enough, and our TV wasn't right. But it was more that we had been all over the place. We had been like shoestringing our way around. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was the one place we like wanted time. to really. That was supposed to be really nice. Yeah. Um, but then the, uh, the other one that maybe looks makes us look a little better. That's also very true about our relationship. Is we were in another place, which was like this old like uh, sort of abandoned castle type thing i was walking down some stone steps and i slipped and i fell on my back and knocked all the wind out of myself and we'd only been dating like for five months at this time and humphrey like runs over to me and i like get my get my breath again and i'm like crying because it hurt really bad but like ultimately i was okay and everything but i looked up at him and he was like so he looked worse than i did like (laughs) his concern for me was so deep and real and and i was just like oh this this guy's in love with me. And it was like this. It was this big moment in our good. relationship. It makes you sound like a div. Yeah, uh, so. I mean, it falls downstairs. You're, you're but a real donkey. Yeah. Anyway, but the, that's what's your story? Oh, I was going to say that my story that I think perfectly encapsulates us is that we very, very rarely fight, Megan and I, ever. Yeah. yeah. And pretty much the only time, honestly, one of the one of the I would say in the five years we've been married, we fought, like argued or exchanged cross words. Four times, three, what three the or four fuck? times. Yeah, we're gonna go through all four of them. <laughs> yes. Number one. No, feel free. But one of them, oh the first God. time we had a real, real disagreement was we fostered two puppies oh, who were just so, so adorable, but such a handful, yeah. and they were 
they would wake up in the middle of the night and start crying and I would take them outside or Megan would take them They're outside. They're shitting all over like our house and, and like running through it. And it was everywhere just, and, we were so tired by like a weekend. Yeah. We were like exhausted, both of us, and, and we started getting like really snippy. I just remember very clearly having this conversation, like standing in our bedroom. <laughs> Me, characteristically naked. Uh, <laughs> He's always naked, naked almost, in our or, house. This is the most clothes I've worn uh, so far today and probably for the rest of this week. Um, uh, like That's probably why we don't Megan. fight because it's hard to fight with quite a hard completely to fight naked when, person. Uh, I look quite as absurd as I do with my kit off. But yeah, we uh, was, I just remember howling at Megan being like, we've got to go get through one more fucking day. Like, that's all it is. We've just got to get through one more day because we were returning them to the... Uh, right. And by the way, we loved them. They were adorable. Yeah, I cried my eyes out when we took them back. Well, that's the end of the story. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the end of the story was that we, having howled at each other like this, we then returned them to where the people and they were like, did you like them? We love them. They're the best. And we called them about three times the rest of the week being like are they okay and in the end they were like you can't foster from us anymore like, because you're too emotionally attached weird. oh no <laughs> so yeah that's that's us that's you know we're cool <laughs> we know how to fight. so wait but like do you not fight because because like you know in that first story where you're, where uh, all the terrible stuff happened in the uh mm. at the uh faulty towers hotel at the faulty towers hotel no. uh you know you were just like no it was great uh because you you didn't want to get into you didn't want to get into the conflict with them you were uh, yeah are you conflict averse or are you super chill which one yeah definitely conflict averse but with each other we're it's not that we don't talk about stuff that bothers us we just don't get like i feel like we do it early enough prior to conflict so it's usually what will happen is like if if one of us is there's an infraction (laughs) <laughs> uh, of some kind the other one we usually be like oh no oh I don't like that please don't do that yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh okay well I won't um, <laughs> but we also usually like I find I mean this is re- going to be really insufferable for people listening but like with with uh, Megan I usually find we will inc- every now and then after you're married for five years it happens more, more and more infrequently but we will encounter something new in life some new experience mm-hmm. uh, so here's one for you we uh, went to a restaurant the other day oh, for the first time since lockdown. Um, we sat outside and we did a social distance, this, that and the other. And halfway through, I was like, what do you think of this? And, and, and I was like, I hate it. Yeah, I I mean, I like, me too. Let's, let's consume our and food, we, pay and, and immediately leave. We specifically went to like, we went to a place where we knew there was one table that was like situated away from everybody else, like the furthest away. Mm-hmm. That wasn't even under an awning or anything. It was just like out. <laughs> and we were like, we have to get that table or else we're not staying here. So we were already there. And then literally by the time we sat down, and this happens to us all the time where we're like having an experience and we both try to make the best of it. And then when we check in, we almost always have the same opinion about <laughs> it of like it's very <laughs> rare that one person is like i love this and the other person hates it yeah yeah i can't i can think of very little yeah that's interesting because we definitely like hate stuff that the other person <laughs> likes i say more often than not we hate the same things we do but like for instance we have different ideas of like sometimes like kind of what fun is sometimes go on like i would never go mm. with you to an indie rock show like never in a million fucking years sure and that's like your jam, like nodding sure. your head with other men in t-shirts. You sure, know? <laughs> indie rock is is my uh, is my tank talk. Okay, indie rock tank talk, yeah. tank talk. I'll um, I'll talk your ear off about pavement and Yola Tango. 
Sure. And uh, Naomi will. Well, I won't. I mean, this is going back to your first date. This is what I think is interesting. Like, Megan, were you um, were you like receptive? Was this just because you were going out with so many like Hollywood D bags where they were just like (laughs) reading you their IMDb and just talking about like, uh, you know, uh, uh, entourage? (laughs) <laughs> and, it, and it was just a breath of fresh air or was it like when when was it like oh this person has other interests like i think i mean naomi tell me if i'm wrong but like i think one of the things that like attracted you to me was the fact that like i had lived another life before coming to comedy like i had been mm-hmm. a philosophy professor right and i had been in an indie rock band and i had done all this other stuff and so like you know, we weren't just talking about like third beats or right, you know, yes. right, like UCB. Definitely shit. that. I I definitely dated like lots of comedians, and I really love that because there's a whole shared language. So like, I don't know that I would have been as happy if I married somebody that wasn't doing the same thing mm-hmm. as me. Like, because I really love that we have that in common, and we have since worked together on projects and and <clears throat> things like that. And I really enjoy that part of it. Um, yeah, I think it was just that like he there. He had other, as you said, he had other interests, other things that he was like excited about. And and one of those interests seemed to potentially be me in that even <laughs> on our first date, he was asking me questions about myself. I found out later that he he kind of knew who I was before we had dated. He was already following me on Twitter. So, okay. Wow, wow, wow. So that was, but I really hadn't had that experience before where I w- went out with people, with, with someone, and they were like, hey, what is it that you do? And then like sometimes I on other dates, I would tell people what I did for a living and it was sort of a turnoff or like, I remember, uh, I've told Naomi this before, but I remember I went on a date with a guy once and he was like asking me all about like, you know, writing and, and what I thought of my job. And I was telling him how fulfilling I thought it was and like how much I loved it and how I'd met so many of my friends there and all of this. And he listened to me for a while. And then he said, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It's like, you're in this bathtub, right? And that bathtub is already full. And how am I supposed to get in that bathtub with you? That was like his analogy for like, <laughs> that my life was like too complete, I guess, that there wasn't like room my for him or something. You're not broken enough. Right. I, yeah. I had it like when you said that I had this visceral reaction in my throat. <laughs> yeah. Like you wanted to vom or something? Me too. Or you wanted to scream? I want, my throat wanted to close off and end it. <laughs> Yeah, me me too. I was like, yikes. And the and the thing was when I went uh when we went on uh, our first dates, like I felt totally comfortable talking about uh my career and he seemed to find it like attractive and he was interested and he wasn't threatened by it and he would talk about things that he had di- done but not in like a competitive way and like uh mm-hmm. hey, this is cool. We can share like all this stuff together. And so, yeah. And then and then besides that, like I don't know. I've I've always like kind of been into like nerds, dorky nerds. And, <laughs> and so the fact that he was just talking about this like right here. I've always seen I'm myself sorry. as a sort of I don't know like he, a jock. He's a just jock. learning now. <laughs> jock. Bit of a now, beefcake jock. Yeah. <laughs> Babes and beefcakes. They go together. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, like yeah. peanut butter and jelly. Um. So I have a question for you, Humph. When you know you said recently you guys have been working together, writing together. Um. And I remember when I was on set at MQ, like. That you know that Mythic one day quest for the list. Oh my god! Thank you. You have to loop them in. What am I doing? What am I doing? Doing inside baseball. Um, and I remember there was a moment. You know, Megan was on set, and then you were coming down with the other writers, and like she came and like gave you a hug, and you guys had like a lover's kiss on yeah. the set. 
And I was like, wow, okay, this is an open relationship <laughs> that they're putting out there. Um, what did it feel like? Maybe you know, that, not the right choice of words. Open no, I meant it. Am I getting, I'm, am I getting me too'd right now? This is what's happening. No, what's happening? No, no, am no. I getting canceled? <laughs> you kissed your husband on set. <laughs> oh, no. no. He wanted it. Oh, <laughs> I, did, I did. He did. He did. Now, the question is, um, what was it like working together, you know, Megan as the co-creator, co-EP? Obviously, you know, she's she's a badass bitch and stuff, but to mm. actually be working for her as well as then coming home with her, you know, where, did you have a little like, did you need to like kind of acclimate to that? Did you feel like, okay, you got to play it cooler? Megan, were you like, oh, I can't just say all his pictures are perfect because people ain't going to believe me. Like, what? Don't how worry, did that feel? was never a problem. <laughs> my how my was, pictures are really... How, no, how one, was it for no one would think they were that good. Uh, how was it for I, you, I would Pam? say, from my perspective, um, you know, it's an interesting thing going to work for, uh, work for your wife or your partner mm-hmm. or whatever because you're, you know, that's a very precious environment anyway because you're coming into your dream job and you want to do well and you want right. to... You know, as any writer in any writer's room, you you know, you desperately want every time you open your mouth for everyone to like fall back in amazement at like yeah. how hilarious <laughs> and uh, perceptive and uh, uh, relevant. Handsome. Like, and, yeah. And, uh, well, yeah, and how, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll extend it to that. Strong. Yeah, yeah strong. <laughs> Mass. Virile. Um, all those things. Yeah, I, I think, um, well, you know, so, so obviously I wanted, wanted to go well, but really... A bit. I, I would say the kind of the most, you know, the 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 the, re, the realist most difficult thing, and it's not that difficult. Um, luckily, it is to feel like you're there on merit. You know, I, mm-hmm. I got the job in quite a weird way, which was that they hired everybody for season one. They got into the season one writers' room, and on like day one, <laughs> Rob uh, and Megan and David you know, presumably lording it over the plebs as they are want, want to do. Uh, we're like, right, so who's, who has played video games? And it turned out it was only really Just Ashley Ashley. Birch. <laughs> and Craig. Uh, and Craig, but Craig wasn't there that often. Uh-huh. And then they said, uh, and you've played World of Warcraft, right? Which is the game that, like, it most underpins, like, that's the real-life game that is most similar to the game that Mythic Quest is is pretending to be. Uh, and she was like, oh, no, I've never played it. And Meg <laughs> knew that I had extensively yeah. um, because I knew you had a party in college. shut up about it. I was a real, uh, a real sex monster in college. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I spent hours playing World of Warcraft in my room instead. Um, and um, That's why he came to me disease-free. Yeah, and so... Uh, Anyone who knows uh, what MMORPG stands for, uh, did not get within like a mile of chlamydia. Yeah, Yeah, that should be the STD test. Do you know what MMORPG (laughs) stands for? No, but like actually, yeah, the first few weeks of the room, I just kept being like, oh, my my husband plays that game. Oh, my husband was talking about that. My husband and Rob had known Humphrey because he, Humphrey was in an episode that I wrote of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And so. They had known each other like they had, you know, acted together and everything. And he had talked with Humphrey and thought he was funny. And so he was just like, well, just bring him in and maybe he can tell us about World of Warcraft. And he basically just came in one day and then just like kept, (laughs) they kept being like, come back tomorrow. His play World of Warcraft on the TV in the writer's room. And I was like, this is the character creation. This is this. (laughs) But yeah, it was actually, it was a real, it, it made it very easy transition for me because my remit on season one was just 
just compute just they would every now and then they'd be like what's that they would like ask what a thing was and the whole room would turn to me and i would usually have the answer and then i would sort of surreptitiously pitch things mm-hmm. as well while i was there because like well i'm also i'm also a sort of comedy writer as well as a a, a dweeb um <laughs> and um yeah and then that that then transitioned into season two um i you know i think it was relatively easy for them to be like uh, oh yeah just just you're now fully. I mean, first season I was te- I was a technical consultant. Technically, Ooh. that's what I was paid as. Uh-huh. Uh And then season two, they were like, "Why don't you just you basically pitched a bunch of stuff that went in the show last season? So why don't you just I- be a writer?" And I think it's a combination of that that you actually had like actual merit to deserve the job. Like I mm. I didn't even have that knowledge uh, that we needed for to do that <laughs> job, and, and you and you did. But like I had other sk- I have other skills. No, you do skills. several no. several transferable several skills. skills. But also, it, I think it might have been easier in a way that I was the boss and he was so clearly mm. like a, a staff writer because then there's not any competition. It's like you, we're doing totally different jobs and coming in, he knew exactly where his place was and where my place was. And there wasn't like I think it might be it might have been harder if we had both been starting on a staff together and mm-hmm. kind of were trying to like make a name for ourselves at the same time. Um <clears throat> Because even, like, uh, most of the days that we spent in the writer's room, we wouldn't spend a lot of time together because I would be off doing things for production and working with Rob and David and everything, and Humphrey would be with the rest of the writers, like, breaking stories. So I think all those things together made it work out okay. We also just really like spending a lot of time together, (laughs) um, which this quarantine is testing. (laughs) 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 Why don't we take a break and we'll come back (laughs) and talk about that and uh, about the hatred that binds and working together. We'll be right back after this. Hey guys, Naomi and Andy here to take a quick break to tell you about something we are loving, which is the podcast Ask Rana with Rana and Brian. What do you do when your boyfriend's mother is poisoning or when your Airbnb host dies? How do you tell your cousin or husband is on Tinder during the pandemic or make a perfect cup of coffee? Ask Rana and Brian. Y'all, every Tuesday, Rana Glickman and Brian Safi, yes, that Brian Safi of Throwing Shade, bring you a fresh advice podcast straight from the Carriage House in Marblehead, Massachusetts, with all of the answers to life's problems, big and small. Okay, y'all, we gotta tell you, we were just on the show, and it was wonderful. It was wonderful, and... Since being on there, look, we were already fans of Ron and Brian before. Right. But since being on there, we have become addicted to the podcast ourselves. You guys, I literally listen to every episode. I binge the pod in like a week while playing Boggle. It helped me get my life. It made me LOL. And I feel like if you love this pod and you like our advice episodes, you will love Rana and Brian. It is so funny and great because every episode, Rana, Brian, and a special guest answer listeners' questions and they give thoughtful, hilarious, and heartfelt advice. Quite honestly, Rana gave some advice where I was like, okay, I might not need therapy this week because Rana handled my scandal. Yeah. Oh, and what special guests might you ask? Why, Ellie Kemper, Paul F. Tompkins, Mike Shore, Trixie Mattel, and a million others. Okay, I listened to the one with Robin Lord Taylor from Gotham, from you. I loved it. It made me feel like I knew him better. That's a fact. The point is, you guys, new episodes drop every Tuesday. So look for Ask Rana with Rana and Brian every dang Tuesday and subscribe wherever you get your pods. All right. Now back to the show. 
And we're back with Megan Gans <laughs> and Humphrey Care. Care, Kerr. Car. I mean, technically, I car? think Car? Car. Car. Like, car. 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 I want to go yeah. back to something. Okay. Um, I'll get it. I'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you know what, Naomi? After so many people have mispronounced Ekparagin. <laughs> I know. It's funny to change fr- it on you an have Anglo. free reign. Yeah, like fuck up an Anglo name. Be like, how do you like it, bitch? How do you like it, car? I felt like okay. you were negging him for a second. No, because it is like I can't. And then because of his accent, because I'm like, okay, how would I say it? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> but, but I would say Ekparagin is like, is is very, uh, follows all the traditional rules of what sounds those letters make. Whereas I mine know. is just like, hey, guess what? You know, you know how you know how er is usually er of some kind. Not this time, for some unknown reason. Also, uh, England full of Nigerians. There are a lot of Nigerians in England. There are most of them. My family. That's fine. That's that just like true. where they're at. A lot of them. Do you have Paragons. family in, in England? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my dad has fourteen brothers and sisters, and a lot of them. Wow. You know, there's a time like basically. A bunch of them, they went to boarding school in England from Nigeria, you know, because they had a whole colonizer okay. connection. And then England was like, okay, we took your, like, a whole country. You can come to school. And so they did boarding <laughs> that was school. awful and- nice of them. So yeah, they nice. didn't extend that offer to every country we still <laughs> No. And so then, and then a lot of them just stayed there. Um, so, yeah. Are there any... I mean, obviously, like, uh, American culture, whatever it is, and (laughs) (laughs) British culture, there's, like, you know, it's pretty close. But, like, are there any big differences? I was wondering that, too. Yes. Cultural differences at all? He thinks our bread tastes too sweet. (laughs) Because it does, because it's full of cornstarch or whatever it is, corn syrup. (laughs) That's a big thing. I meant in your relationship. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I assume that's what the question was. was Any chance to get on my soapbox about American bread. There's another thing. Are there any differences? Do in we our have any big differences? I mean, I think they're like there are things. I would say it's been a it's been a, a good exchange of of yeah. things. Like um, my family are obsessed with Christmas, mm-hmm. and Meg's family are like into Christmas, but not obsessed with it in the way we are. And we <laughs> yeah. have a bunch of like intense traditions that must be observed. Uh, and I think you there's quite whole, enjoy that. Yeah, I love it. I go over there. There's a whole there's rules that you can't open your presents till after the queen speaks. So we're w- waiting for her. It's like a oh whole. Oh my god, thing. I love. It. I want to go so bad. I want to go like Humphrey. Like I, I understand that I'm not in your family, but I very much need to go to the countryside. <laughs> I need to meet your parents. Time. I want to be like the English countryside. Like is my fantasy. Like my jam is a fucking English countryside moment. Yes, I want to take a turn around the garden together in our wellies. Oh my God, I will get the good boots. I will get the good boots. (laughs) I would love to get you on recorded media now. When we walk around in the very fancy homes up north from us. Yes, I love it. And I'm like, oh, that English cottage moment. Yeah. I'd love to live there. Yeah. And you're like, I want a Spanish moment. Well, honey, some of the cottages here are like broke ass, busted wannabe cottages. Okay. Uh But like a couple of them, like if it was really set among some shrubbery. Then yes, yeah. fucking call me Jane Austen, cool. bitch. But a lot of these will just be like a random ass corner, like we thought we were creative kind of cottage. You know what I'm saying in mm-hmm. LA? And I'm like, get out of here. Get out of no. here. No, Humphrey's, like Humphrey's family lives in a house that doesn't have an address. It has a name. It's called the Walled Garden yeah! House. 
Yes. So yes. when I when I write it, when I write them letters, which I don't do enough, sorry. You must write. You must write. I will be listening to this. Um, I write the walled garden house Fuck, uh, on them, and that's how they get. And Fuck. I am desperate to have a house that has like its own name. Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. I like. Well, I, I, I feel the way. Sorry, what? Sorry, what? Sorry. No, 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 free, say, no, you. No, no, sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> the, uh, the uh, well, uh, lots and lots of houses in the UK. If you, if it's outside <laughs> of a town, um, they almost all are just the name of the house rather than numbers. It's not a. It's very easy a goal to achieve. Stop it, Humphrey. House. Stop it. Okay, you trying to make yourself sound regular? You ain't. You six seven. Your house <laughs> oh, got a no. name. That is it. <laughs> six seven. You walk around naked. <laughs> your house is name. And you live in the walled garden house. Be warned. If you come to the walled garden house, there's a real chance you'll see me naked. Okay. Oh well, I'll be to... in the east wing where everyone's wearing their clothes. <laughs> I just made that up. I don't know if they're wearing. Trying to think of uh, cultural. I, yeah, I'm trying to think of cultural differences. I mean. I, like part of the the attraction, I think, was that I always loved British things growing up. Mm-hmm. Like I went to study abroad in England when I was in college, and I lo- always loved British comedy and like British sense of humor. And Humphrey watched Friends and wanted to marry <laughs> Rachel, so I guess I was yeah. like the closest he could manage to that um, once he got here. But yeah, so I think some of it is is that. Like on on our first date too, we also had an argument where I about who was not a real argument because we don't have those. No, because you don't do those. about no, but about who. Um, um, who makes better comedies, Brits or Americans? And I was arguing for Brits, and he was the one being like, no, American comedies are better, and here's why. Huh. And, wow. yeah. Wait, what is your... I, I, here's the thing. I think the British comedies that get imported to America are pound for pound better. But that if you put it, like, within the spectrum of British comedies, like... Uh, that's probably fair. Two pints and a packet of crisp or whatever that is. Like, that's not yeah. going to hold up. <laughs> but that's, that's exactly the same thing going the other way, right? So so in the UK, we would only get the real barnstormers from here right. when I was growing up. Right. Um, and then you come here and you're like, oh, yeah, there's quite a lot of stuff that is, like, really not my cup of tea. But but the, like, the good, you know, I think that's exactly right. It's the good shit. Is, is, and it, it's whatever's different. It's, it's, the, it's the, the very alienness of it. <laughs> makes it that much more magical and appealing. That's true. That's true. Because the first thing I said when Megan and I were zooming and like Humphrey had come in, I was like, I just saw the Crystal Maze. And like, oh, that yeah. is a very simple program. But like, there is, it's so alien. The host who's like Rocky Horror, like everything about it is hilarious to me. And I know yeah. it's like not meant to be as funny as I find it. Like it's meant to be cute, but it's not like I'm off it's, my rocker. No, I think it is. I think it is. That's the one show where I saw it. And I was like, oh, this should be an American. I, I can see the American remake. And then they did it. And it was for kids. Yeah. And it's like, no, it should be adults who are failing. And yes. they have to like sit inside of a tube until someone lets them out. <laughs> with someone. That's it. With someone like Naomi making fun of them. Just reading them. Oh, my God. For I'm fucked up. I know. <laughs> but it is. It's like the four. Uh, but it's like, you got me into British comedy. I didn't watch any of it before yes. we got together. Yes. It started yeah. out with, I saw a uh, coupling on PBS. Sure. And uh, PBS, yeah. when I was growing up, I like I stayed so far away from British comedy because it was associated with nerds. And I was <laughs> I just did not want to be I was like floating in the middle of popularity. And yeah, I you was could like, oh, yeah, you could go like, down quick. Oh, I, I'll know I'll never be I'll never be the tippy top. But I like <laughs> I don't want to be the like depths. Right. I want to just stay where I am. And so I'm going to stay away from all the classically nerdy things, uh, mm. which included Monty Python. Right. I'm like, that's right. classically nerdy. 
I'm just going to stay the fuck away from it. I don't know who the Knights of Knee are, and I'm going to keep it that way. Yeah, 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 to protect yourself. Yeah. And then I caught coupling, like in like college, I caught coupling on PBS some night, and I was like, oh, this is really funny. And then I started watching Father Ted, and I'm like, oh, this oh, is yeah. amazing. And yeah. then I just started like... Big Train and All of League it. of Gentlemen and uh, name uh, another one. Mighty Boosh. Keep going. Alan Partridge. <laughs> Alan, Alan Partridge. At, uh, the first one. What was the the first knowing series? Me, knowing, knowing, you. knowing me, knowing you. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. come. Like, like when the fuck on when Andy and I like first kind, when we met and you know we met at UCB. We're both kind of starting comedy. He was like truly, truly starting, whereas I was like. You know, I had taken improv before, and I was just kind of like trying to pick my poison, basically. Uh, I had a really absurdist <laughs> sketch duo that made absolutely <laughs> zero sense. So that come on, I wasn't starting from no oh, from scratch. Oh, mm-hmm. But I remember early on where we talked because you were like, "I really think I need to move to England if I want to do comedy." Like you were dead set. You were like, "I don't know if I can do what I want to do here." And like we literally had a conversation at one point where I was like, "Well, I guess I could do stand up in England." Like the Australians liked it and they're just like oh, drunk man. British people you would so I was like, maybe. in England like and we like planned like that was such a big thing yeah. and well because so, just like the kind I mean look uh I'm a very versatile writer okay but... you don't have to lay it on thick <laughs> she likes you enough I uh, I don't know I am very thirsty talking to you guys like it is like I, I know I, because I am... he's like British and she's like your comedy idol yeah I'm very <laughs> I know I know I know I during the first half of the conversation there was a moment where I had to check in and be like Calm the fuck down, Andy. <laughs> it real, it and really... also, like, didn't you see? I, I saw nothing on his face. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's Andy, like, yeah. like yeah. interior being like, calm down, and literally, I see nothing. Like, we there was, <laughs> there, look, listeners, go back and listen. You will tell <laughs> the line, the invisible line. Yeah, when between, you got thirsty, between me, like, uh, please, please love me, and <laughs> all right, all right, dude, just calm down. This is like I'm the, the same with you guys. No, I'm you guys both have healthy self-esteem. That's why you don't fight. Right. Because when stuff goes wrong, it's not a fundamental indictment of who you are and your value. And that yeah, is why I, you're not fighting. I have I have issues though, just not with him <laughs> particularly, but like my problems my problems are all like related to anytime I'm not working and I'm just like by myself, I just like I don't like just being Right. myself and sometimes <laughs> that like translates into this is about to get real that you sometimes must. that translates into me being like why do you like me like mm-hmm. to, that kind of feeling yeah. like yes, looking yes, at him yes, and yes. being like why do you like me i'm not doing anything right now i'm being worthless right now but it's really more about like me and like of the course. way i feel about myself um and it gets right. complicated because when she's looking over at me thinking that i'm usually painting toy soldiers or something <laughs> in the nude and, <laughs> and i'm like what the fuck is what are we doing with each other we should leave each other i just love that like a naked man painting miniatures and you being like why are you with me and then literally it's yeah. like um yeah. i think i forgot <laughs> no no <laughs> i'm a real cat You're are these uh are and these like D&D miniatures? Or are we talking? I, I know I, I, they were. The, yeah, when we're, on the, we're, well, they don't have it on the. I was going to have them show, but it's we can't. It's all sorts of different miniatures. So, okay. 
Thank God we finally got onto miniatures. So <laughs> I endured all this boring uh, preamble. Miniatures, I have to say, just to bring it back to uh, couples for mm-hmm. like a second, because that's the point of their podcast here, <laughs> is miniatures actually featured in our wedding vows, because Humphrey really? and I wrote our own questions that we wanted the other person asked that they would say, I will, d- to uh-huh. in response to. And one of my questions for him was, will you always look at me with the same love in your eyes that you did when I said we could have a few miniatures? around the house <laughs> oh um, my god yeah. now they're everywhere all over it was, our it was house. your fault it really it was my fault she reintroduced me to them uh, oh. he just mentioned how he like had done he used to love painting miniatures and then like some of his previous relationships they kind of had been like no you're not doing that like <laughs> I don't support that my parents, yeah. my parents like, <laughs> this is and I quote them I would mean, they were basically like this is gay like that was their vibe <laughs> oh, Jesus because uh, it was like uh, the 1990s um, and that was the and they were insult British, du jour uh, sure uh, every yeah, episode like, of this Friends this is lame yeah. Yeah. It's, you'll never get laid. You'll never do anything. That is basically a, bully, bully that is a cultural me. difference that I'd say I love you to my family every single time I talk to them. Uh, yeah. and, and he, they just do this like funny voice when they I tried like, it once. And then they just like. <laughs> I tried it once. It did not go very well. <laughs> is it harder than, was it harder for you than to emote in your, in your romantic relationships? Oh, uh, um, no. To me, he's so like, okay, I love so was you, it, I love you all the time. But he knew that. Like, you didn't like, have to teach him that. Uh, but I he also, knew. I will say that I no. I do think that I'm quite emotionally repressed. I mean, mm-hmm. I've said this to Megan before. Like, I'm I'm very good with her, mm-hmm. I think. I have, I have, her, with, with you, uh, talking about you like you're not here. Uh, I'm good with Megan. Um, but it, in other way, like I sometimes find it, I'm more cagey about like uh, friendships, and I find myself one of the things that Megan finds very not frustrating, I don't think, but you're sometimes like baffled by is that, and I know it drives my uh, <laughs> my representatives crazy, <laughs> is that like whenever I get good news, I'm always like cool, and then uh, whenever no, bad like- happens, I'm like okay. Um, <laughs> He's just steady as a rock, and mm-hmm. I am like this roller coaster up and yeah. down. Like every single day, I'm going mm-hmm. sideways and up and down, and he's just like kind of always chugging. Yeah, along. it does <laughs> worry me that like one day I will get like my McDonald's drive-through order. They'll give me the wrong thing, and I'll just blow my brains out in the parking lot. <laughs> and just suddenly snap. And I'll be like, oh, okay, time to go. Yeah. But you do you do let it out in like funny ways, which is like if you see like you have certain triggers, like animals. Like, stories about animals you can, like, get emotional about. And, like, sports. Uh-huh. Like, he watches, like, Olympics montages where mm. they play, like, the national anthems of the different countries. And yeah. you see, like, the people that won yeah. the gold medal, like, hold up their flag. And yeah. he, that will get, get him going. Yeah. The pride. So there's yeah, certain things. It. Yeah, there's certain <laughs> things that are, like, okay to get emotional about. It's just not. <laughs> it's just not a lot. Yeah. Like, I, I planned. Makes before rules, we got married, I planned this whole, like, sort of pseudo bachelor party for him where I got two of his friends to fly in for in- from England for one weekend just to, like, spend a weekend with him. And they surprised him at this bar. And he was literally like, oh, hi. Like, <laughs> like he had seen them yesterday. That was, Naomi, uh, The was it the first birthday yes, we were together? Yes. So The inception of birthdays. So this is about a, a little a, less a, than a year in, mm-hmm. right? Naomi planned, like she just said, the inception of birthdays. And there were like three staging areas. Yeah, we went to three different locations. And there were, like, she invited my friends from grad school up for, to New York. I went to grad school at Temple in Philly. So she had them come up. 
And then, and there were, th- what? I can't, like, at one area was, like, just improv friends. Another <laughs> area was, like. Wow. Like, the grad school people production. came later because of when they had their bus, right? Because, like, I feel like we did some activity to start. And then it was, like, let's get food. Or, no, food, then activity. So food is small, yes. Food, then bowling. Food is small. Bowling is bigger. Then we go to a bar. And then it's everyone. And it was just, honey, I was trying to. I was trying to create some crackling energy. I was trying to make a memory. You, you wanted know? me to, uh, but this is the thing. I, I yeah, think he had no fucking this, emotion. This is a <laughs> he had no fucking emotion. No, no, no. They were all again, like, like, uh, like Humphrey. They were repressed. Yeah. And uh, uh, I think that there, there's a connection here in the sense that, like, you constantly want me to emote. Oh, like I've gosh. I've done I've gone to therapy so I've I've done a lot of work and I do but I also don't know I don't know how to process emotions I don't know how to process joy it's the same thing when you like when you were talking about like if you get good news you're like you're like oh cool and I'm like I'm the same way and, but I have this like weird energy inside me and I don't know what to mm-hmm. do with it and I just pace around like how do I process this this is a good yeah. thing that happened what <laughs> why does it <laughs> feel like it's a bad thing yeah. yeah 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 any kind of intensity on either side but it's like. But I because I'm a whirling dervish, I kind of like made you not repressed. It took a few years, but I kind of got you. But I kept saying like my whole goal is like happy tears from Andy, like something. Aww, okay. Like I'm always like I'm like I'm like when I walk down on walk down the aisle, okay, and I'm stunning you and slaying <laughs> you. I want tears. I want tears. If I don't get You're tears, get I'm turning around. If I'm lucky I'm enough to be. I, I will You'll be, be there. Sobbing. Just a full ball. A full ball. Just I was like, I was like, if he, I was like, if he doesn't, I'm turning around. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> like I'm not coming back until you are like verklempt. <laughs> so I'm gonna so basically I'm gonna have to like put like stuff in my eyes to Fist make me it. cry. No. You're gonna do it for real. Yeah. Okay? Because I'm gonna know if you're faking it. <laughs> you're gonna cry or else. <laughs> Yeah, that's romance. That's ha- romance. Like <laughs> my holy grail is like happy tears. Like I know if I get them, that's it's like gonna so be huge. Cute. I just like, I don't the think what? you you didn't happy cry at our wedding, did you? I, I don't didn't. think you. <laughs> it was a very happy day for me, but it was, I just it's really great. But I probably <laughs> cried a little bit. You did bit yeah. Here and there. His sister burst into like ugly tears during. Oh my God, it was, it was the funniest it. thing. My favorite picture from our wedding is her ugly crying, mouth open, just like totally losing Boy. it. And then Humphrey and I laughing hysterically, <laughs> slapping our knees with how funny we found it. It was. Oh man, it's yeah, we tough asked her to read a nice poem. <laughs> it's it. tough to emote in public. I think that's my problem. It's tough to mm-hmm. when yeah. I'm on my. There's something embarrassing about emotions. It's the same thing. Like I have trouble like writing songs or playing music around you. Yeah, There's something yeah, yeah. embarrassing about that kind of like I can write around you or like make jokes, and even if the jokes like suck. It's just like yeah, whatever. Like I can Do you toss think it's them like off. Like a a control thing that you're worried that you, that you'll see you like out of control or do you think it's like a weakness thing it has tied to like masculinity or like what's the root there Meg you know me you know <laughs> my uh there, there's nothing uh in me tied to masculinity uh, I don't have any worries about that um it is it's uh, I, th- I no I really think it's embarrassing I think having emotions <laughs> I've said this on numerous episodes. Having a body is a shameful act. Yeah, having a body, having emotions. Wow. <laughs> Not just being like I a see. pure a pure brain spirit floating through I the see. world. Yes, he was uh, It's bad. embarrassing not to be that kind of Cartesian uh, subject. 
And this, it's all this I w- meat sack you must inhabit. Uh, you are sh- ashamed of, and yeah, I'm yeah, literally yeah. constantly being like, "Look at this! Is this a lump?" Like I could not care. I could not care. Emotions are the farts of the soul, and all of it <laughs> is very. It's embarrassing. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I, no, I yes, I find the actual act of that stuff embarrassing. I yeah. find the yeah. I feel like Humphrey is like very much no longer into this conversation. <laughs> And just, it's just like just absorbing. No, this is just the emotionless state that he's usually. <laughs> he feels nothing about, about neutral, like but, neutral. Wait, I mean, is that the is that similar, Humphrey? Like you have, like I have the emotions in me. It's just I I feel embarrassed. Uh, like when my aunt died, uh, I I was so embarrassed. Like it was, it, I, she meant a lot to me. And at her funeral, I remember just I I was crying and I turned to the wall. Like to cry because oh, yeah. I didn't want anyone to see me crying, even at like a place where you're yeah. allowed to cry. Yes, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I would say no. I I would say that I would welcome the impetus to emote publicly. Okay, I rarely okay. feel it. I very rarely feel it. Um, I I I don't know what it is exactly that has has sort of uh, driven me to this place. I think obviously <laughs> it's it's to do with my family, because I would say my family also are all extremely emotionally repressed in, in many ways, ways, shapes and forms. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's been like Megan has kind of uh, been a conduit for me to to emote and to emote like to and through yes. her. Yes. Um, <laughs> I would say <laughs> through yeah, me. I'm most very certainly. comfortable telling you how much, i mean i tell you i love you five times a day probably uh-huh. uh, oh my um, god stop bragging at times i really mean it Wait, is this, a, uh, this is a competition i tell you i love you uh, eight times a day yeah no, you don't, you don't. Uh, but yeah you know but as in like i'm not afraid to say that and to, and yeah. to express to megan how she yeah. makes me feel right um but i i yeah, it's it's not even like because uh, what Andy the way you described it was like you suppress it. Yeah, that is like I I when I get this news, I look inside myself and I go like, <laughs> come on, got this time, gotta be, it's gotta be something. something. <laughs> and I know what you mean about like when I get good news. I mean I've been you know, uh, good news being you know predominantly like I guess professional good news these days. Like that's what I, that's what is floating my boat mm-hmm. uh, when it comes in for, for like one or other of us, you know, I'm like, Oh yeah, great. And I, I get, I know what you mean about that thing. Like I often pace. I'm like, great. This is good. This is really good. Okay. Good stuff. That's really good. Uh, okay. Nice. All right. Cool. Very cool. All right. And then I start, I sit down, I start painting miniatures or I play video games or I do whatever. I would um, say like the thing, one of the things I really love about Humphrey is that he's just, he is a very contented person. Mm-hmm. So it's like new things that come along. He's like, great. But, but I feel like you're also okay with not having that. Like, I well, think yeah, you're at a happy place. Whole... Whereas me, like every good thing that happens to me, oh, the goodness of that only lasts inside of me for like a very About short amount of time. As long as the thing happens. And, yeah. then right. it, and then I'm empty and I'm like so waiting for the next thing that when it comes to me, yeah. I will burst into tears of joy like in getting it because I feel so lost without I that I have thing. a load of dumb hobbies. Yeah. Uh, as alluded to. I paint miniatures. I play video games. I run a role-playing games for my friends. I do like all this do- like dog shit nonsense. <laughs> dog shit nonsense? It's not dog shit nonsense. I, uh, 
Yeah, I read a lot. So I so like quarantine has been a really interesting time for us, as it has been for everybody, because I have found, I think, I found it a lot easier than you have, right? Yeah. Because I can, mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I'm going to play eight right. hours, eight straight hours <laughs> of some PlayStation 4 game today, and I will get up and I will eat um, a lunch, uh, in the, so break it up in the middle yep, with some yep. lunch, yep. Sure. You and got I'll it. go for a walk. And I'll come back and I'll read football gossip for ages because I <laughs> love football. Is there that much well. gossip? Is there that much There's football gossip? There's always so much gossip. And by the way, a gossip consists of like which player is going to move to which team. But I'm always like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And I can't <laughs> yeah. get enough of it. Who's going um, to Manchester where, United? Man U, baby. I don't know, some bunch of pricks. Um, <laughs> not my, my least favorite team. Yeah. Oh, I think my um, mom's a Liverpool head. Is, Su- is Suarez on Liverpool? He was, he was. yeah, he's at Barcelona. Yes. They're the uh, champions of the league this yeah. year. Champions of uh, mm. England, Europe, and the world at the moment. Oh, wow, no oh, wow, wow, NBD. Um, <laughs> but it uh, really isn't a big deal to anyone else in this conversation. <laughs> now ask me who's currently on the X-Men, Naomi. <laughs> I don't uh, want to know. I don't know who's on the current X-Men. I, I read a lot of new X-Men back in the day. but um, Oh, Grant Morrison? Geez. Love him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You guys have nothing but things in common. <laughs> it's a couple of winners. Kind of incredible. A couple uh, of winners. I love it. You guys right should have quarantined together, and Naomi and I could but have drank all say, the wine in the entire world. I was going to say that you have found quarantine much more difficult, right? Yeah. It, I, I you don't, don't have love all those being dumb distractions. Yeah, I don't love being inactive. I, it's not that I don't enjoy relaxing. I just like relaxing after I have achieved something. You want to earn I it. Like, you want to earn it. I, I like to earn it. I like to go on trips if I'm going to be relaxing. I don't like to just sit in my house. I mm-hmm. when it just I just walk around thinking like, okay, I need to change something about this place. Like I just make <laughs> projects for myself. And Humphrey, yeah, like as he says, he's he was he's done a little bit I better. I feel like I have earned this rest. Yes. I'm offsetting yes. this against every boring conversation I've ever been in. Where I like, oh yeah, just like paid attention. Now's my time. Now's every you. time I stood limply holding a glass of like warm white wine that I was never going to drink in the first place because I don't like wine and listen to someone drone on about something I did not care about. Or someone going, like, you're tall for the longest yes. time yes. and you being yes. like, I don't know what to tell you. Who are we talking to who's just saying this? Like someone just like, there's always like, oh, Luke Monas, he's a comic who did the show where he was, and he's, he's pretty tall and he was just saying how when he went to his girlfriend's high school reunion, everyone just came up to him like, you play ball? You play ball? Yeah. You're tall. Do you up there. It, like, How tall like, are you? Yeah. Oh, no. I, I find... I find those moments because I don't know how to talk normally to people. Yes. Those moments I like I treat them like lessons in like what do normal humans talk about? Like they don't talk about Andy Rock and they don't talk about uh you know DS Grant, the Grant De- Morrison's X-Men run or like the Democratic Socialists. Right. You know, like of America. Like so yeah, you you have to practice right. your like small talk, your right. surface we're not, talk. We're not going to go uh, hard into David Harvey's uh, understanding of Marx. Right? Okay, no, we're not. Okay, <laughs> and so you learn how to practice. Yeah, so I asked, I'm like, oh, uh, Real Housewives. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> what's what? Uh, so who are they? Right. <laughs> um, wait, before we end, one question, Naomi, because this this is. Uh, uh, I've had a, like a tickle in my brain uh, since we talked about this. All right, because I thought one of the things that bonded you and I w- was the fact that I think overall the like important things that we hate together uh-huh. are like 
uh, are the things that bond us. And sure, we have our own uh, our own idiosyncratic hatreds of things. Yes, of course. Right. Yeah. But like, it's those big moments. It's the big hatreds. But see, as you're saying, it's the big hatreds, not the big likes. Like yeah. we like, we do like we we like a lot of the same you know TV movies and stuff. I will say, I also will kind of just go along. I'll be like. What you got there? And you'll be like, it's British. I don't know. And so I'm just like, I'll try it. Like, cause we'll just like, it's not like, I don't know. I don't care that much. I remember there was a time when I was younger where it was all about what does this, do we like the same stuff? Do you like the movies I like? Yeah. Do you like uh-huh. the movie? You know? And it's like, now it's like, live your life. So uh, yeah, I that. love that he has different interests because then I get some nights off where he like goes and does something with somebody right. else and I'm like, great. And then I can watch my drag race or like whatever it is yes. that like I get into that he, and we don't share all of those things like completely yeah. in common, but like you're saying like the big hatred stuff, like <laughs> we both ha- like, we both hate nightclubs and like clubbing. We would never, mm-hmm. ever not, not, there's not one <laughs> of us that was ever going to ask the other one to like, Hey, mm-hmm. do you want to go stand in line at some club in Hollywood and pay too much money? money to like yeah. have our ears blown out like even if we were like on holiday somewhere it's like oh wouldn't it be crazy to go to like a japanese nightclub like fuck no yeah we don't <laughs> we just don't like doing that stuff and that that's kind of and we both like hate people that break the rules like we're driving yes! around los angeles Real and we squares. see people like running stop signs we will talk for 20 minutes about <laughs> oh! the asshole that person was oh my god that is the fuel in my tank God. Yes. Today, we took the dog to the vet in the morning, and it's like just a tricky like parking lot to get out of. And so Andy had a whole plan. He's like, I'm going to turn back. And, to, and then this person just came and parked right where he needed to be to turn. Wow. Not in a space. Not in a yeah, space. Yeah, not a space. In front of a dumpster. In not front of a dumpster, making it impossible to make any kind of turn yeah. in that parking lot. And that is all of Los Angeles. Los Angeles mm-hmm. Go fuels... Ahead. Yeah. It fuels the hatred in my heart. It keeps me young. If there is, <laughs> I truly, it seems like everyone that moved here thinks that as long as you can get away with it driving, it's legal. Like as long yes. as you don't get into an accident, it's fine to do. And it drives right. us nuts. But I love that we like, I couldn't be with somebody if I turned to them and I was like, that guy blew the stop sign. And I turned to you and if you were like, well, you know, it's who not like who, who cares yeah, if like, yeah. nobody got into an accident. I yeah. would lose my yes. mind. Yes. Or if I was one of those drivers as oh. well. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we said, okay. Yes. So yeah. We're, just yeah. To... It's all, no, we're fine. You can't compare <laughs> us to a couple. You can't compare us to a couple that fights four times in five years. Okay. No one can beat that. No one can beat that. Okay. They are waspy. They are alabaster. They are out here painting miniatures. I can't do that. You married a black woman, you're going to get yelled at. Okay? The whole vibe <laughs> is that I'm going to be up here for no reason. Okay? That's it. <laughs> Humphrey, have you ever taken a brown lover of any kind? Oh, oh Have I ever I taken a brown lover this. of any, any kind? Any, yes. Any color. Um, yes. Okay, good. I don't need details. I just need to know that. <laughs> okay, we can stop now. You guys, thank you so much for talking to us. It was so good what to have you. you ask Megan that question? <laughs> No. I have never taken a brown lover. I knew that already. Uh, Humphrey and Megan, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, what a delight. What a damn delight. You guys are wonderful. Love everything you do. Yeah, and you. we'll talk to you guys soon. And see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>